Have you ever felt as if your child can be such a brat at home, but all you hear from his or her teachers is what a lovely, caring and cooperative kid you have? And you may think to yourself, hey kiddo, if you can manage this good behavior at school, why are you being such a pain at home? Well, believe it or not, it's actually kind of a good sign, and stick around after the intro and I'll tell you why. Welcome to the Apparently Parent Podcast. My name is Iran Katz, and I'm a clinical psychologist, a parenting counselor, and also a father. In this show, we combine the art of parenting with the science of psychology. So if you want to understand your children and yourself better, lead your family into calmer waters, and reach the end of the day with a smile on your face, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Iran Katz. Alright, welcome to the 27th episode of the Apparently Parent Podcast. It really excites me because 27 is one of my favorite numbers. Why? I don't know. Maybe because I was born on the 27th of the month. And anyway, it's just a number, but I like it. And I really appreciate you for being here with me today. And, and those of you who are uh, frequent listeners, I really appreciate you for being a frequent listener. And I have a really good one for you today. I think this is a really important topic that bothers many of you. It's the issue of why your children behave one way with you and another way uh, outside and, and when you're not there. And usually they behave better when they're not with you. And I know how frustrating it is because you, you want to have this magnificently adorable child that you're hearing about from the teachers or the kindergarten teachers or other people and you want them to be so magnificently adorable at home as well. <laughs> but what you really get is, is a cute little monster. Cute, but monsterish. And why can't we all just get along, you ask yourself uh, loudly after another day of handling misbehavior. And I feel you, believe me, I've been there. <laughs> Sometimes I still am. You know, but I'm here to tell you that it actually means you're doing something right. I want to tell you a story of a couple of parents that I've worked with. And, you know, when, when I share stories from my work as a psychologist, I always blur the details, I change the details, but the, the gist is the same. So you won't recognize whomever I'm talking about, okay? But, you know, the, the important stuff is, is, is the same. So I'm talking about parents of a cute little seven years old girl. Um, let's call her Jenny. Jenny has those, you know, big eyes, beautiful, captivating smile, and as sharp a mind as you can get. And she has a, a little brother, four years old, and another baby on the way. And the story starts when Jenny is running around the house, and she's flailing around this toy sword and paying zero attention to her dad's request that she'd stop and to her in, in environment. And eventually, of course, she manages to accidentally knock down a vase and it breaks as soon as it hits the floor, barely missing her little brother's head. And her dad sees that and he immediately lashes out, screaming, What the hell is wrong with you, you little brat? I ask you to stop. Why can't you ever listen? And as he says that, he's immediately feeling like the crappiest dad that ever existed. 
And this is a story that was told to me by those parents. And as they were telling me the, this story at my office, they, they really felt this huge wave of shame and guilt and failure. And I asked them why. And they explained that Jenny only acts like that around them. In school, she's a goody two-shoes, they say. She never interrupts the teachers. She never picks up fights. She is always supportive and friendly and always listens to what uh, the adults are asking of her. And the same is true for after-school activities or when, you know, when she visits a friend, they hear from that friend's parents how wonderful Jenny is. And this was only one little example from of what's going on at home, okay? There were more. Little does everybody know that at home she behaves really differently. Oh, oh, and you know what? When Jenny goes to see her grandparents, she's the most adorable thing in the world. She's the sweetest thing, and she listens to everything they tell her. And, and even when they visit her at home, but as soon as she's alone with her parents, she finds ways to run many shenanigans. And her mom told me uh, on one session something on the line of, it's like she's wearing a mask when she's with everybody else. And then she removes that mask when she's uh, alone with us and becomes this annoying little thing. And she was saying that in a mixture of both anger and sadness. So what the hell is going on here? So the secret for that lies in how securely attached Jenny is to her parents. What do I mean by securely attached? If this is the first time of you listening to this podcast, hey, welcome. And let me tell you a little bit about the parenting map. If you have listened to this uh, podcast before, you already know what is the parenting map and what I'm talking about. This is my framework of working with parents. And I'll give you um, the the short uh, explanation. But if you want to learn more about the parenting map, go to apparentlyparent.com forward slash one. This is the episode where I talk about the parenting map. And you can also uh, join my Facebook group. It's called Navigating Parenting. Uh, and you can find it at apparentlyparent.com forward slash Facebook. It will take you there. And this is where I talk more about the parenting map. Anyway, the parenting map is my framework uh, of working with parents. And let me uh, tell you that I'm working on a program for you guys that is going to be based around the parenting map. So if you want to know more about that, the group is the place to be. Okay, you can also join my mailing list to get the notifications at apparentlyparent.com. Anyway, the parenting map comes from this notion that when you become a parent, you, uh, you're giving a ship that you have to take care of. And it's up to you to bring that ship to safety each and every day and to avoid um, storms and pirates and whatnot. And that ship holds uh, your family as its cargo, okay, or your crew members as well. And you're the captain of the ship, but usually no one really taught you how to be a captain of the ship. And this is what I'm trying to help you with, become better captains of your own family's ship. And every ship's captain has to have a map that will show you how to get from point A, which is chaos, to point B, which is harmony. And the parenting map is comprised of three pillars, M, A, and P, are mindfulness, and I have talked about mindful parenting here before on this podcast, attachment and purpose. So if you listen to uh, the previous episode, episode 26 from last week, I talked more about purpose over there. So you can go to apparentlyparent.com forward slash 26 to listen to that. But let's talk today about attachment. Okay. The second pillar of 
Vparenting map. Attachment is a psychological construct and it deals with how we are connected to other individuals in our world. And it starts with the interaction between your child and you, his parents or her parents. And, you know, those interactions that you have with your children as soon as they are born are integrated into the child's mind, into the child's psyche, psychological inner world. And it builds something that we psychologists call an internal working model. Now, the terms doesn't really matter, but what I want you to understand is that these models then shape how we perceive ourselves and others in a relationship. So the kind of attachment, the kind of model that your children uh, built by their own interaction with you will affect how they will behave when they grow up with other people. Now, broadly speaking, uh, uh, one can be either securely or insecurely attached to one's parents. And a securely attached child feels that he can trust his parents to be there for him, to calm and support him or her whenever something's wrong. This is basically the, the most basic definition of being securely attached that I can give you. When a child feels that he, he or she is securely attached, uh, they can feel free to go out into the world and explore it. Now, I'm not only talking about, you know, real life exploration expeditions to, to the North Pole and stuff like that. I'm talking about going out and about in the world and, and, and really uh, having the courage and the confidence to try new things, to to be open with experiences, both external experiences and also internal experiences, which means actually having your confidence to really feel your own emotions, whatever they, they may be, okay? And, and a child that is securely attached can feel that he or she can really explore the world and, and they know that if something happens, there's also a, a safe haven to run to, okay? This is why we call parents a secure base because if something's wrong they can go to the parent and, and you know uh, get comfort get help whatever if you want to learn more about the attachment theory and how it plays out in parenting i have a, a couple of posts n not podcast episodes posts that you can read on my blog i will link to those on the show notes of this episode go to apparentlyparent.com forward slash 27 and uh, in the resources tab over there i will Put some links to those posts. Anyway, as I was getting to know Jenny and her parents, it was clear to me that they were really attuned to her feelings and they were really attuned as parents to her needs from the get-go, from ever since she was born. Those were really positive-minded, uh, thoughtful parents. They could think about her feelings, they could uh, understand her feelings, and they, they could really, and they really knew how to give her a sense of security. And, and she really had a robust, secure attachment with them. So why am I talking about that instead of her behavior? Why am I not talking about all the discipline techniques in the world? Because what attachment means to behavior is that when... A child is having a feeling of secure attachment, a secure base, a safe haven to come back to. As I've said, they can explore their world. And one way that children are exploring the world is by pushing boundaries. Children really need us, the parents. They need you to set rules and boundaries, not only because it's your way to keep them alive and well, and it is, 
but also because this is how they learn to be members of society. By getting your feedback on their behavior, they learn what is expected of them, what behaviors are tolerated by society or what not. And society is, you know, really complex. There are many different aspects of society. So they learn what is expected and tolerated by you, the parents, and by the teachers, and by the peers, etc., etc. But, you know, children, they don't really learn just by listening to the rules. It's not like they are memorizing the, a set of rules and then they just do that, okay? They really need to learn it from the ground up. They really need to test it. And I want to give you a little example from my own life. When my daughter was about one year old, okay, so two years ago, she was moving around the house on all fours, like children that age tend to do. And one day she approached a wall and unintentionally she bumped her head on that wall. Now, really gently, okay, don't worry. It was a really gentle bump. Now, if I could have read my daughter's mind at that moment, I, I bet that it would say things like, whoa, what was that? This is what she would sound like. My head just touched that big white thing and it felt weird. Let me try that again. And then bump on the wall. Oh my, I felt it again. Whoa. Well, I guess I just can't move through this big white thing. Let's just test it again. Mm, an another bump. Oh, well, it doesn't work. I can't go through that. Let's go do something else. And, you know, me and, and my wife, we looked at her wondering if she's okay. But and, and she was. And she just stayed there bumping her head ever so gently, intentionally, again and again, a couple of more times, just for the sake of it. So why did she do that? Well, I think that when she bumped her head for the first time, she simply encountered a boundary a physical, robust, real-life boundary. And it was new to her. She was curious about it. Children are really curious like that. They're like little scientists who are discovering a whole new world for the first time. So they approach things in, in, in a way that, you know, we adults forget how to do when we grow up, which is kind of kind of a shame. And... and you know, so, so it's kind of the same with Jenny, but on a really different scale. Because Jenny knows how she's expected to behave. And we can see that in the school setting, for example. But she still needs to explore and test the boundaries. And in her own mind, even if she cannot really articulate this, she probably knows that she can stretch those boundaries with her parents. Why? Because she trusts them to be completely there for her because they have a secure attachment. And also don't forget that exploration that kids do is also an internal one. They really need to figure out their own feelings and get to know them. When parents are able to hold and accept every emotion their child expresses, you know, even the so-called bad ones, their children will have a much better experience growing up because they will feel more secure and confident with their own feelings, with their own vulnerabilities. So, you know, when Jenny was running around the house with the sword, breaking that vase, it's not like we expect children to, to do that. It's not like we should always accept that and, you know, clap our hands at her and encourage her and tell her something like, whoa, what a wonderful thing you just did. Not at all, okay? I really don't mean that you should let your child walk all over you and do whatever they want to do, okay? Now, this 
it opens a whole new conversation about parenting styles. And I have done that conversation before in episode number five about parenting styles, where I talked about being a permissive parent, which is the kind of parent that doesn't really have much of uh, demands when it comes to boundaries from the child. And what's wrong about that kind of uh, parenting? Okay, so you can find that on apparentlyparent.com forward slash five. Anyway, the secret sauce really lies in being able to set boundaries and uphold them. And no running in the house flailing swords is a boundary that you can really uphold. But you have to do it in a flexible manner. And more importantly, you have to do so in a respectful way towards your child. So again, when Jenny was running around the house flailing a sword and breaking that vase, she did something wrong. We can agree on that, right? She was careless and she didn't think ahead. She's seven years old, this is what they do. Because she doesn't really have the capacity to think ahead sometimes. I mean, the mental capacity. And, and you know, in a way, she was exploring the boundaries of her own play, of her own body, and also of her own parents' patience. If your child is doing something that may hurt him or someone else, or something else that you don't want to break, you can and you should stop him or her, even if that means that you have to use some force. And I am not talking about spanking or hitting them. I mean, you should stop your child by grabbing the sword and taking it away or holding the child so they won't fall from from the couch or something like that. Okay, so this is what I mean about physically restricting them. But then you can take a nice long breath and remind yourself that your child is letting him or herself act in an unruly manner because they trust you. They know you can handle it. They trust that you can handle it. They are testing that you can handle it. And they know that you can be there for them and guide them when they need this kind of guidance in a positive and respectful way. And if it's hard for you to be in that accepting mode, that accepting space, this brings up the other pillar of the uh, parenting math, the mindfulness pillar. So you can see how it ties up. So if you want to know more, know more about that, I have some episodes about mindful parenting. Again, go to apparentlyparent.com forward slash 27. These are the show notes for this episode. I will put a link to the episode where I talked about mindful practice. I also have an episode where I teach you some mindful techniques. And you can also download my mindfulness exercises guide. I will put the links over there. You will find everything on the show notes of this episode. Anyway, I want you to think about how wonderful of a teaching opportunity it is for you as a parent. Those moments. You should use them to connect with your child. Get down to your child's eye level. Hold them and explain to them in a respectful and loving tone what was wrong about that behavior. Try to help them see things from other people's perspective. For example, Jenny needed to learn and think about how her breaking the vase was seen from her parents' point of view, and how careless and dangerous it was to almost hit her brother's head <laughs> with that vase. So the next time your child you know, acts like that with you, and it's really in a position of how he or she acts outside of the house and when they're not with you. You know, you can be frustrated about that. And why wouldn't you? But also 
pat yourself on the shoulder because you're probably doing something right. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really hope it was helpful for you. I had many resources to share with you and you can find them all at apparentlyparent.com forward slash 27. And also please join me in my group, Navigating Parenting, Raising Secure and Confident Children. You can find it at apparentlyparent.com forward slash Facebook. It will take you straight to the group. It's free to join. And this is where I talk more about these issues. This is where I talk more about the parenting map. I share more of that with you guys. And as I've said, I'm working on a program that will help you utilize this parenting map and and really understand yourselves better as parents and your children better and really create a more positive and enduring relationship with your children so they can grow up to be the confident, uh, positive, respectful adults you want them to be. So if you want to learn more about that, the group is really the place to be. I will see you there, parentyparent.com forward slash Facebook. Thank you for listening again. And as you know, I put a new episode every Thursday. So I will see you again next week. If you haven't subscribed yet to this show on, you know, whatever platform you're using to listen to podcasts, do so right now. Just a couple of clicks on your phone and you will get notified every Thursday when a new episode comes out. I will see you again next week. Bye-bye.